0: It's always good to hear what God is doing in our lives and with one another. And so I thank you. I think they had some pictures, but technical difficulties um, didn't get those to come up. This morning, um, I want to encourage you with a really a simple word today. And we're in the book of Jude. And, you know, we just come off of Nehemiah, and I hope you were blessed by it. Um, I personally was blessed by it. It was an encouragement to me to see how Nehemiah responded in the midst of difficulty. One thing that we see about his life is that he always was turning to prayer. There wasn't a time that he didn't depend on God to move for him. And we also realize that Nehemiah wasn't uh, your typical leader in the Old Testament. Yet he was one of the better leaders we see in the Old Testament this morning as we are coming off that series, and I was thinking about what walls, our walls, and what bricks are missing in our personal walls. Even in the walls of the church, which the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We know that the church will always stand, will always will be. Why do we know this? Because Jesus was always from the beginning. He was, He is, and He is going to be. That is my translation of that, but it's the truth. This week we have gotten into the book of Hebrews through our Wednesday night studies, and I am overjoyed about what we are learning. It's one of those times where you wake up in a morning and you're giddy, because you realize who Jesus is. You know, I've always known Him as being God, but when you see it plain in Scripture, and I'll talk about it this morning, it just kind of makes you giddy. Like this is the Jesus that I have living within me. This is the Jesus that I have behind me. This is the Jesus that I have in front of me. This is the Jesus that I have to my right. This is the Jesus that I have to my left. The creator of the universe is on my side. And so I kind of come to you this morning giddy at what and who Jesus is. And I was able to be so giddy that I I got a joke from our own Shirley Close in a card, and I want to read it to you. And I'm usually, you guys know me, I'm very serious. But sometimes I just need to laugh and. I saw this story, and then we'll get serious, okay? We'll pray and we'll get into the Word. It says, A little girl asked her mother, Where did humans come from? The mother thought for a minute and replied, Well, honey, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and that's where we all began. Two days later, the girl asked her father the same question. And he answered, The human race evolved from apes over millions of years. Interesting. And as you can imagine, the little girl was confused. So she returned to her mother and said, Mommy, you told me that God created people, but Dad Dad says that we all came from apes. Well, dear, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family. Your dad told you about his. I thought that was really funny. And I just, it chuckled. And I saw a couple other things, and I didn't bring them this morning because it would take too much time and we have a full Sunday. But I thought about this sermon this morning and I thought about the early church. I wonder if they do church like we do church. We have a preacher come, he gives his best, he gives us all on Sunday morning. We go home either satisfied or dissatisfied with however he did, however the worship was, whatever was going on, it really has become about that. And then I began to think of the early church and what they did when they faced problems. I'm sure they got together, they huddled together and they began to read Scripture. They began to reason together, they begin to encourage one another. They're saying, how can we get through life? This is going on. What can we do? And I can imagine them huddling together and saying, this is how we're going to do it. And so we get into the book of Jude this morning, and we're going to look at how we can do life. And some of you, this is going to be very, very basic. But I have realized through my life, This sometimes very, very basic teaching encourages me to continue on. And so with that, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that, Lord, it is powerful. It has the power to transform our lives and to give us direction that we need. Lord, as your body and as you are the head of all things, we look to you this morning, we look to your word. I ask you to empower me as, as the preacher this morning, that I would speak your word encourage, and speak it in truth. But Lord, I don't only pray for me, but I pray for our congregation. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to hear from you this morning. And Jesus, it is a wonder at who you are. You are the affections of our worship. And Lord, for some of us this morning, to worship you is a hard thing to do. But Lord, it doesn't mean you're not worthy. And Lord, we cry out from deep within our hearts, saying, Jesus, you are everything to us. And so I ask you, Jesus... That we would be able to see you through your word. And through the book of Jude and his encouragement to the church. And so Lord we thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. I pray this morning that this will be a time of encouragement and equipping for you. You see what happens so often in life is we get hit Hard. And we're not really expecting when something comes, and really, I've talked about this before, but it's almost like your feet get swept out from under you. And if any of you watched the game Thursday night, and you saw that hit come on Devontae Adams, and you're just like, wow. And you remember a video I shared last year, Reality Hits You Hard Bro. If you don't know what that is, YouTube it. But I, almost, I had my computer in my hand, and me and Alyssa were watching, and I almost threw my computer down. Because I'm like, this is why I don't like football. Because of these hard hits. And so often in life, it's like that for us. As we take these hard hits, and we really don't know what to do. But see, Jesus has given us a plan And Jesus has given us the resources to be able to stand when all life and all hell breaks loose. And that's what we look at this morning. So this morning I'm going to hit three points. Number one is building ourselves up on our most holy faith. Number two is praying in the Holy Spirit. This should be fun. Number three is keeping ourselves in the love of God. So let's read. Jude 17-25 through But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. That they were saying to you in the last time there will be mockers, following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting, Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of His glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time. And now and forever. Amen. Now, the book of Jude, just to give you a little bit of background, Jude is Jesus' brother. And it says that Jude didn't come to faith, at least as far as history goes, and and they say is that he didn't come to faith until after the resurrection of Christ. So it's interesting that you have Jesus' brother writing a book. About God. Can you imagine what that was like for Jude? I think that would be hard for me to write. A book about my brother claiming him as God. It would be very difficult. And Jude set out to write this book to the people. As we see in verses 3 and 4. To talk about the common Salvation. But instead, he says, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. So he didn't, he set out for one common purpose and was directed to say something else. And you see, he says something very telling that in verse 18, he says, In the last time. There will be mockers following after their own godly lust. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I hear the last time, the last days, I am perplexed. Because I'm like, Jesus, this is a long time. So what do you mean by the last time and the last days? What is this all about, Jesus? And from a biblical and a Christian worldview, this means that it was from the time of Jesus' Jesus' ascension to His return. We're in the last days. And you see, if this is truly the last days, then we truly need to be sharing our faith with others. Because the Bible says we don't know when He's going to return. But yet, Jude encourages us this morning to be anxious and waiting for Christ's return. You see in Matthew 24 verses 11 through 13. Let's go there real quick. And this is why I think it's so important for us. As a church this morning. It says this. Many false prophets will rise. And will mislead Many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And I don't know about you, but life is rough. And if I'm not disciplined and I continue to watch the news, I get really jaded. And I also get depressed. I have a book that is sitting on my book stand at night that is waiting to be read and it's called Implosion by Joel Rosenberg. And I love him as an author. But I just can't read it. Because it talks about the coming times and what is going to happen. And honestly, right now, I'm like, I can't read this. This is depressing. But Jesus says that a time will come when lawlessness will increase but most people's love will grow cold. Where do you find yourself on that pendulum this morning? Where do you find yourself on your compassion to your fellow man? Where do you find yourself on compassion with your brothers and sisters in Christ? And if we're not careful, just like a car that is running out of gas, it stops we are the same way. Why? Because we're not abiding. Because we're not taking time as Jude encourages us is to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. You see, this morning, oftentimes I talk about fellowship as a community. And I really believe that the church is the community that God has set up to be a light to the world. but there's also that time that we need to have fellowship with Him. We need to take time in our lives to set aside some time to read the Word, to pray, and to seek Him. We know that Romans 10.17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. Or you could end this like this, for so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the words concerning Christ. When Jude is encouraging the readers here and who he's written to, he's saying, Build yourselves up in verse 20 on your most holy faith. What is he talking about when he's talking about the faith? He's talking about the good news. You see, oftentimes we look at faith, this is something that I have to believe for it to happen. But this is not what Jude is telling us this morning. And he's saying the apostles, they had given you the word. And you see in verse 17 when he says the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, what they had spoken beforehand, this was a word that was tested. This is a word that was done. The canon of Scripture has not come yet, but to be an apostle means you had to see Jesus, you had to experience Him, and you had to be under His teaching. And so they brought to us the Word. You see, Charles Stanley says this, fellowship is a sense of closeness and communion with someone because of mutual interest. We usually think of it in terms of our relationship with other believers. But our fellowship is first and foremost with God the Father, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, I'm wondering, where are you this morning? Are you building yourself up in your most holy faith? You see, our faith isn't just a credence that we say... It's something that we have put our hope in. Something that we have put our confidence in. You see, we can put our hope in a word and saying that I'm a Christian and doing those things, but haven't we put our hope in Jesus Christ. And this last year we have been pleasured with calling Pastor Mike on board to be a youth pastor. And if you talk to him, you don't get much further than preaching the gospel to yourself. I'm sure you can ask his wife about that one. And when I think about this, this is exactly where we are going as a church. That we need to know the gospel. Because when hard times come, that is what is going to hold us. We don't know what the future holds, but we know the one Who holds the future? You see, what is the gospel? To you, what is the gospel? It used to be said when people say, I serve God, you had to ask, which God are you talking about? Now it's kind of up the ante and say, when you ask somebody, do you serve Jesus? They say, yeah, I serve Jesus. My next question is, well, who is Jesus? Will the real Jesus stand up? And I want you to know this morning that there is a real Jesus. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3-4, this is the essential of the Gospel. For I first delivered to you at first the importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day, according to Scripture. That's the Gospel. And this morning as we begin to look and we think about building ourselves up on our most holy faith, this is where we are. This is who we are. You see, oftentimes, if we are left to our own devices, we get beaten up. And if we were honest this morning, I could ask you, and I ask this question a lot, is how many times has Satan accused you this week alone? How many times have you condemned yourself this week alone? Have you condemned yourself today? This is something real that we all struggle with. None of us are outside of this struggle. And so what happens is so often Satan wants to corner us and say, you are the only one that is weak in your faith. You are the only one that is going through this. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that you are not alone. You need to know the gospel. And the Gospel says that Jesus lived a sinful, sinless life, that He knew no sin, that He died on the cross for our sins, and that He rose again. You see, so when we make mistakes, you can look at Satan and say, Satan, the Lord rebukes you. Not I. The Lord stands in my defense. Not I. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is God. He created all things. You want to pick a fight, you pick a fight with Jesus. Building ourselves up on our most holy faith. I was blown away this week as I told you in Hebrews chapter 1. So if you could... Go there with me, and if we could have it on the screen. It says this, And He is the radiance of His glory, the exact representation of His nature, and upholds all things by the words of His power. When He had made purification of sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. I wish by the way that I presented this word to you this morning, that it would grasp your heart. But I know the way I present it is not enough. But if you look at this word, it should be enough. So I want to give you my translation this morning. I promise I will not write a paraphrase later. I'm not that wise. I'm a simple person. But here's my translation. Jesus is the shining bright light of God's glory and the exact copy of His nature. That He had made the washing of sins, He sat down, after He had made the washing off of sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Most High. And Since this this is the first Sunday, we have kids with us, And maybe you adults will be encouraged by this. It's like an old garment or shirt, your favorite shirt. You get a stain in it. And if you're a proper person and you wear proper clothes, you get that stain, what happens? That shirt goes in the trash. Some of my favorite shirts get an oil stain in it or somehow all of a sudden a stain and I have to throw it away. So think of that. Or think of your skin. You go out to side and play, kids, and you get dirt on you, right? Or if you're a mechanic, you get um, oil, or you work with your hands, you get oil on your hands. And your hands can never come clean, they are stained. And did you know that when we come to God, we are stained with sinfulness? Did you know that no matter how hard you work to get those stains off that shirt, or get that dirt and mud off your hands or the grease, you can't do it? That is the way we stand before God. But Jesus presented Himself to the Father for the purification of our sins. Now, I'm realizing in our today's society to say purification of sins, what does that mean? It means this in simpleton form. That Jesus washed off every stain, every dirt mark, every grease mark, and He has made you clean. That is what Jesus has done for His people. So although Satan may say, look at that spot, I can say, what spot? And what amazes me, how is it that blood, red blood, can make garments that were filthy, white as snow? It's a mystery, but that's what's happened. That is the Gospel. You see, in this morning we're going to take communion, and that will be the worldview that we take with us when we do communion. I remember my life being changed. I shared my testimony a few weeks ago, so I won't get into it too much, but I was a big guy, 295 pounds, three earrings, tattoo, thought I was tough. I was dirty. I knew I was sinful. You see, and I'm hearing it today, that we don't know what sin is anymore. But sin is missing the mark. Sin is not living up to the expectation that our Father in heaven has for us as a people. I was dirty, but Jesus came in. He took an angry young man and turned his life around. And it took some time. But I remember riding in a car with my best friend and another friend. And we always smoked dope together. That's what we did. And I remember my life being changed and God began to do wonderful things in my life. I was sitting in the car in the back seat of the car with my two friends and they began to light up. And I'm like, guys, you're my best friends. Look what you're doing to me. I am changed. Why are you doing this to me? And I said, take me me back to my truck. I'm going home. They saw that I was visibly upset. But you see, my life was changed. And because of that action that I did that day, not because of what I have done, but God used that over 21 years ago to prod those two young men at the time into the ministry. One is serving, has been through, gotten his degree in theology. He's passed me in doing things, but he's serving the Lord faithfully. And then my best friend just got a new position to be an associate pastor in a growing church in Arkansas. Our testimonies, the gospel of Jesus Christ, can and will transform lives. But if we're not building ourselves up in our most holy faith, we have nothing to give. And so the, this goes to point number two. And before I get to point number two, so I don't, I want to be practical here. Is do you prior to, prioritize a time daily to get into God's word? If not, why not? You see, if you want to build yourself up in your most holy faith, you have to get this in to you. Otherwise, you will be running on empty. And so point number two is praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 of Jude says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, And I believe in this scripture, and it depends who you ask, but I believe praying in the Spirit means to pray according to the Spirit. It's a novel idea. Sometimes I wonder where I come up with this stuff. But it's there. It's being led by the Spirit. Some of you need to testify. Some of you need to be explaining your experience with Jesus Christ with us and others. Why? Because some of you have been through the most discouraging times, but when you've got alone with Jesus Christ, you were built up. I cannot tell you the times that I've come into the presence of Jesus downtrodden, discouraged, and hurting to leave the most confident man that you've ever seen. Why? Because I was praying in the Spirit. Do I believe that praying in the Spirit can be in tongues? Yes. Do I also believe that praying in the Spirit can be in- intelligible, knowing what I'm praying? Yes. And oftentimes, I think Judas, in encouraging us here, is At the last times, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. How do we as believers stand the test of time? We pray in the Spirit. We get alone in the Word of God and we begin to pray the Word of God. Billy Sunday says this, and I really enjoyed hearing this. He says, you read the Word, you pray the Word, you share the Word. You want to know a revived heart? They do all three. This is what I'm talking about when life hits you hard. I was talking to a friend that we met through YWAM Youth with a Mission. He had a lovely family, he's from the valley. And they encouraged us as we were going to Turkey, they actually um, got groups together to raise support for us. Huge encouragement, a godly family to come back from Turkey and to hear they were divorced. And it's just a shocker. You're like, how could this happen to great people? And it's one of those unexplainable things. A lot of people know these people. But I sat down with him a few weeks ago because we had not really, we've been afraid, I've been afraid to broach the subject with him. Why did you get a divorce? What happened? What kind of sin did you commit? That's what I wanted to ask him. I never got the answer that I wanted. But there was one thing that I did get. It's through it all, because his devotion to Christ, he is still walking triumphantly in Christ. It was because he knew who his Savior was. It was because he was continually abiding in the Word, praying the Word, and still sharing the Word. And you see, oftentimes we have people coming to us as ministers and the problem has already gone too far. If you would just prepare yourselves for what's coming. How do you do that? I know preachers repeat themselves, and this can get really annoying. Be in the Word, pray the Word, share the Word. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Spirit, get alone with Jesus. You see, this is where churches are losing it and they're losing out. A prayerless church... is wondering where the presence of God is. I'll tell you where the presence of God is. It's in the prayer room. And I will tell you that our church, we are not a prayerless church. Why are we able to go through the things that we've been through in the last year and you're transitioning as a new pastor? It's because of prayer. It's because of getting alone with Jesus and saying, God, You are everything to us. And then the third point is keeping ourselves in the love of God. Jesus said in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. In verse 21, in Jude it says this, keep yourselves in the love of God. How do we do that? by waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. I'm wondering how many of us, including me, are expecting the return of Jesus. Are you watching and are you waiting for His return? You see, I'll be really honest with you. Life is good. I have four kids and a lovely wife and whom I love. I don't want to leave this thing. I want to see them through and I don't want them to be without their dad. But you know what I'm teaching them? I hope. Is that dad's going to be in a better place one day. That you have a father that is better than your dad on earth. And then we should all be expectantly waiting for Jesus Christ with anxiousness to come back and return. And he says, will I find a people who are doing this? And I have this Fitbit on my arm which I really love. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I'll brag on my Fitbit. I'm almost like I joke and I say, why don't I just get a chip in my arm that does what this Fitbit does, but I know better. Okay. Bad joke. I'm a bad jokester. I will not do that. Um, This tells me when to get up and to take 250 steps. And I'm like, I'm waiting anxiously for when this thing is going to go... Get up! Get up! When I think about this, and I get up and walk. That's just kind of the guy I am. I'm disciplined like that. Am I waiting... For Jesus in the same expectancy. You see we have TV. We have technology. We have so many things. That come at us. That keep us. From spending time in God's word. And prioritizing prayer. C.J. Mahaney. Which I really enjoy him. He says. Keeping ourselves in the love of God. Is our job. It is an effort, but by no means are we earning anything because it is all by the grace of God. Let me read that one more time. Keeping ourselves in the love of God is our job. It is an effort, by no means are we earning anything, but it is all by the grace of God. And how can I prove that to you? Because I know some of you are thinking, How can you prove that to me? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Paul says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me did not prove in vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. You see, the new evangelicalism is say a prayer, I'm done, I sit down, I'm done. But that is not the way it has always been. We need to abide in Jesus Christ. We need to abide in His Word. We need to abide in His presence. And we need to share it with others. If the worship team could come and lead us in worship... This morning we're going to end with two songs. And we're going to worship together. And I'll give instructions for communion in just a minute. But I want you to think, just for a moment, have you gotten away from prioritizing time in God's Word? Folks, I know it's not easy. It's a chore sometimes. Have you gotten away from spending time with Him in His presence. If so, there's so much grace for you to pick right back up. Just to take some time and to sit at His feet. We're reminded of a song on Wednesday night that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. And so this morning as we do communion, I want you to think about the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about the body that was broken for us on the cross. And then as you take the cup, I want you to think about the washingness of dirtiness of sin that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are clean. You are white as snow. And if you are struggling with sin this morning, I encourage you to confess it to the Lord. Because the Word says that if you confess your sins, that He is faithful and just to, inclin- to uh, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And That's the power in the blood. So if you'd stand with me this morning and these guys will lead us in a worship song and what we do here for communion is we just come this way um, from either side and you just file out this way and take communion and minister it to yourself and to your family but while you're doing just contemplate this is the most holy and most precious time and we celebrate this until the day of his return and he is coming and we long for Him, and we wait for Him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, You fill us with so much joy. Even despite what our circumstances may say, or even what life has brought us, Lord, there is joy in Your fellowship. There's actually oil of gladness in Your presence. And Lord, I just pray that You would call us back to Yourself as a people, as a child, as a son and as a daughter, to again, to pick up Your Word and to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. And Lord, allow us again to fill Your presence in prayer. Lord, may You lead us to times of praying in the Spirit and ministering to others through praying in the Spirit and to ourselves. Lord, that secret place, that hiding place, I pray for Your daughter and Your son that is discouraged, that they would find encouragement in this secret place. And Lord, thank You for Your body that was broken for us. Thank you for the new covenant that took this dirty life, marred with sin, and made me white as snow. Thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus, I pray.